Welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show, where you'll hear vulnerable, honest stories that will inspire you to embrace your mess and live your best life. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's guest is Michael Graham. Michael is somebody that's been a friend of mine now for about 10 years. I actually met him through my now wife, Sharmila, who was not my wife, obviously, at the time. And Michael is one of those people that just has a massive heart that gives. If you've ever read the book by Adam Scott that talks about give and take, he's truly a giver. He's somebody that has really been there for me and Shar throughout the entirety of our relationship. He's opened up his, his apartment to us whenever we went up to Whistler. You know, he runs restaurants and has done this for, for years now. And everybody that knows Michael knows him as, as this welcoming, just heartfelt person that you just can't deny. Like, you just feel it from him, his aura. And what we dove in here to today was to just talk about Michael's uh, background and how he grew up and the fact that he was adopted when he was just two years old and the parents that raised him, why he calls them mom and dad and the two brothers that he didn't know even existed until a handful of years ago, how he was able to build really amazing, solid relationships with them and just all of the things that have impacted who he is today, now in his early 50s, where he feels like he's in this um, moments of rediscovering himself and exactly who he is. And we dove into like, well, what has that journey been like? And you know, what are you exploring? And what kind of things are you learning? How have these things impacted your relationships, you know, both personally and in business? And, you know, where where are we at now? Like Michael and I honestly had a very vulnerable, honest conversation about what we believe to be true right now, what we know to be certain based on our past experiences and our current understanding of, you know, right and wrong and everything else. And then where we are transparently still exploring and trying to figure out this crazy world that we live in and how we can be the best versions of ourselves. We actually talked about the idea of selfishness and whether or not selfishness is actually a bad thing because there's a lot of arguments that say that selfishness is actually the most selfless thing that we can do because of the fact that you take care of yourself first. You show up with the intent on being the greatest version of yourself first, and therefore everything around you just naturally will level up, right? And it was just a really interesting conversation that I think anybody that can resonate with what I've said so far, it, that grounds for you. And it's something that um, you're exploring yourself, this idea of like, okay, what has life meant up until now? And what will it mean going forward? Call it a midlife crisis, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. Michael Graham, welcome to the Trevor Turnbull Show, my friend. How are you? I'm well. I'm really well. Just uh, you know, living life and trying to live it better. I know. We were just talking before. It looks like you're in a tropical garden down in Mexico or Costa Rica or something, well, right? Places but- I wish I was, but uh, that's <laughs> going to come in time. And I've been to both those places and this place where I want to, I-, I love. So yeah, get back there and be in a place that, that's great as well as here. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe we'll end up talking a little bit about that though, too, because I know it's, um, 
it's been a part of the, you know, your story and who you are in the 10 years that I've known you. And just to start off with that, I was trying to remember back when we actually first met, and I think it was probably like 2010 or 2011. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around the Olympics there up here in Worcester, in Vancouver. Yeah, that's right. Of course, we have uh, our mutual um, connection with Sharmila. That's right. And yeah, I know at, at that time you were running the restaurants up there in Whistler and had that uh, awesome little apartments. And the one thing that always stands out to me is that deer head on the wall. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Not there anymore. It's, it's, no. it's gone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, things changed, and that's something that changed and yeah, replaced it with some great artwork of my own as well as other people. So That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's the other side of of who you are, and again, we'll, we'll talk a bit about that too. Is is as a an artist, a creative a photographer, right? So you've you've had a lot of your your works and stuff published and put into different well, like art galleries. And <laughs> yeah, well, I remember you've had some stuff up in like art galleries and stuff, even up in Whistler as well, too, yeah, right? Born up here, and uh, you know, at least it was exposed. I didn't sell anything, but that's not uh, the point. The point is getting across to people my vision and my passion. So that's right. Yeah. And that's uh, actually a good segue into just talking about the topic that we discuss on on this podcast, which is, I was telling you before, and we've talked a handful of times before as well, there's kind of a common theme to what I do when I'm interviewing people. And number one is that they're always people that have been a part of my life, in my life, some way or some shape or form. And, you know, they have an inspiring story to tell. And, you know, there's a quote by Brene Brown. I'm just looking at it here right now, where she talks about one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it'll be somebody else's survival guide. And that's been really grounding for me to kind of, you know, preface these conversations of, you know, we all have a mess of a journey that we've been through and we have a choice on how we choose to see it. And ultimately it, it kind of, positions itself, frames itself in our life at different points where we don't even realize some of the things we've been through and how strong it actually makes us. And it's really about perspective. And I know you have a really incredible uh, background and story, and we'll, we'll talk through that. But um, I would love to just hear uh, a little bit from you what you'd ultimately like to share on this podcast as well. What's what's coming up for you? Well, you know, I'm... Uh... I live in Worcester here, and I've had, uh, I've had I do have quite the story. I think uh, it's a fascinating journey from being born to where I am now, and uh, a lot of that is from where I'm from. Uh, I grew up in a great family of uh, six: two, you know, mom and dad, and uh, two sisters and a brother. And you know, it was always uh, something that we knew we were all adopted. Uh, we were adopted by not all the same, different, different people. Uh, so we're not all from one group, uh, and we all have our story, and we all have our our way of dealing with that. And uh, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I've dealt with it the way I have, and you know, so far so good. And that journey is, has uh, been fantastic. My parents were married sixty seven years until my dad passed, and you know, it's amazing. And part of that journey was also them also being open about the fact that we were all adopted and, and, uh, and welcoming us and supporting us and finding our birth parents and our or origins, uh, which are really uh, manifest who we become from when we come into the world. Um, and as that world progresses, uh, the environment uh, dictates your life as well as 
as uh, your hereditary uh, genes, uh, where you came from. So uh, I found my birth parents. Uh, they're amazing people. They've been married 50 years as well. Uh, they had these young kids, so to speak, and um, the path uh, led them to, to me being with my mom and dad. And I call them mom and dad as much as uh, my birth parents are. Uh, but mom and dad mothered me and fathered me, so I refer to my birth parents as by their first names. Um, and I can't take that away from my mom and dad. And that's no disrespect to them, and, and uh, they're amazing people, and I've been extremely supportive. And out of that, uh, I still have a great relationship with them. Uh, through finding them, it took some time to connect, and the connection was amazing as well, the story behind that. Um, I found out I had two birth brothers because, as I said, they got married uh, and have been married 50 years, and I'm uh, quite close to both of them. Um, and they're fantastic uh, guys, um, as they should be, <laughs> uh, because they're blood. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of to balance there. There's a lot of emotions that come with it. Uh, rejection, once again, so to speak, the quote unquote rejection, uh, which a lot of um, adoptive kids go through or people uh that i never felt i felt you know my mom and dad i was always wanted and who knew the circumstances and i couldn't assume the circumstances as to the situation they were in to have to uh, give a child away it's unfathomable to me so uh it was simply a way to say hello thank you and is there anything health-wise i have to worry and anything else would would be a bonus it's just been fantastic on my end. Some trying times, of course. From the first time I reached out to them, it was about, I'd say, it's a while ago, three years for them to reach back. They had their things to deal with, uh, which I respected. And I just waited, and it finally came together. In that time, I formed a career uh, that I fell into, which is the hospitality business. I love it. Um, it's provided me with uh, a lot of great things. Uh, through hard work and determination, working very, very respectful um, and uh, respected restaurateur uh, that's had places all over. And that's what brought me to Whistler. I worked my way through that, uh, uh, through that, uh, you know, that job to, to where I am, uh, where I was, then, which brought me to Whistler. So it was provided me with a lot of opportunity, uh, which I'm, you know, is where we are now um so yeah and that kind of turned it i worked for that individual for 20 plus years uh so i went from being a kid to going into the rest the business um that had evolved around the way this owner ran it which kind of left me running uh catching up uh, lost in a little way and a pivotal change in my life from starting as a young kid to having to adjust and shift um, to a business that had evolved around me, but not in my circle, which I, I did well. And uh, it's just been a struggle. So just trying to get through those adjustments, which at 55 is a tough thing to do. Change, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying. And uh, this has uh, triggered a lot of things that... Um, I think we're there, but I didn't recognize because everything was going so great. And uh, so this is, has led me, and relationships uh, as well, uh, dictated uh, a lot of my uh, psyche and 
how I approach them, uh, which uh, is interesting as well. So I don't know if you want to interject here. And yeah. Some of those points. Well, no, that's a good summary that um, kind of speaks to this, uh, the, the elements of the family life and the like love that you felt from your adopted parents and then having your birth parents and finding out that you have brothers and 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 sisters as well, right? Or was it, was it just well, two brothers? Two brothers. They had two two brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So two people that like look like you <laughs> and have yeah. the same genetics. Some days <laughs> right? So yeah. that that in itself is obviously something that not everybody has experienced. And and it you know, when you experience it, you know, in your 50s or late 40s, even, you know, there's an element of like, oh, this is kind of cool, but then it brings you back to the childhood memories and gets all kinds of stuff going on in your head and and I know, um, you know, we've talked about this before about like how it impacts our relationships and and the people that are in your life even too. And, you know, what did you find in the last like three, four years in particular, your childhood and that experience, even especially just like rediscovering your family, how that uh, started to bring up things in in your relationship and how you communicate and, you know, whatever uh, feelings of insecurities or 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 whatever it might be that came up for you. You want to maybe dig a little deeper into that here too? Yeah, you know, um, a combination of that and seeing where I'm from as well as being in, uh, leaving a relationship uh, that was, uh, it wasn't right. It was uh, toxic. Um, and it was me trying to fix people. I'm a very empathetic person. Uh, I have a big heart, uh, I think. <laughs> Some people would can contradict that, but you do. I can. I can. Yeah. That. So <laughs> you know where I was. You know I was attracted to what I thought were people that needed help. Now that was me not facing what I needed. In one of them, which was quite long term, when I left that, it triggered a lot of emotions, and then I fell back into another one, uh, not purposely, but uh, through counseling. My counselor said, "You just." You know, you, you meet this, and that's what you stick to. You're like, I'm going to fix this. I want to. And it's for good. It's all for good. Uh, it's, it, you know, I care about people. And maybe, and that's why I, uh, the, the, the job I was in for 20 years uh, was perfect and is perfect because I love to take care of people. And when they come in the door uh, to dine and have an experience, uh, I feel that... Uh, that um, my disposition and my personality is is fitting to that profession. But in regards to that, it's, you know, it's you give and give, but you, know, you need back and are to be listened to. And perhaps it wasn't my communication skills or, you know, I'm, I'm taking heat again as part of the, uh, my personality, but staying with it, determined to make that person, maybe it's for, for what I need. And it's my journey and, and, Posing my journey on them isn't right sometimes, I've discovered. You have to go along with their journey and, and go with the uh, peaks and valleys. And, you know, if it doesn't start to serve you, it doesn't serve you. Leave before it does you damage, you know. Did you find that you maybe stayed in those relationships that you now can reflect back on and see that it was maybe not the right thing or not going in the right direction Absolutely. or you... Yeah, like reflecting back on it, what yeah. what was coming up for you from like your experience and and personally speaking, you know, what you were starting to discover about yourself. I was more 
uh, I wasn't actually discovering about myself while I was in those situations because I was so focused on mm. just figuring out how to make them overcome their things, which, you know, is wrong. It is not wrong, but it does, it has to be balanced and you have to get fuel as well as instead of just emptying the tank all the time. And then, you know, what, what I found after, um, in the last little while, I've been diving into a lot, uh, some counseling, some, a lot of reading. You mentioned Brene Brown, Gabby Bernstein, Dr. Joe Dispenza, all these people, Lewis Howes, which I know you know. It's really interesting because I listen to these things and I go on my walks and I have time to focus on them. You know, four things will come up when I'm listening to these. Okay, this is great for me. Oh, I can apply this to this person I was just with. I can apply it to the next person and still caring about how I can apply it to someone else. But it's, it's, I have to realize, step back, and go, it's, it's, this is for me. Or, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. And it even pushes me farther down. Like, I'm not afraid. It's just I don't know how. So th- those are things, and, and I don't know which way it's going to come. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can relate. I can relate to this. I think I'll reference this. So, like, you knew Char Miller before you knew me, and Char and I. I would say in the first like three, four years, we were not in necessarily a super serious relationship. We were just having fun together. You know, um, that's not to say that either one of us was seeing other people because we weren't. But you know, by the time we started to get serious about our relationship and then see it evolve over time. And then all these life experiences happened. I know I remembered when I started going down a, a reflective personal journey as well, like consuming information, starting to think differently, changing my beliefs, like challenging my beliefs. My first default was I need Char to listen to this. And I kind of forced it on her, <laughs> you know, which was not effective at all. If anything, it was almost like an, a massive resistance that I came up against of like, are you, you know, her kind of taking a position of like, are you saying I'm broken? Uh, like, why are you trying to push this on me? Right. Like, as opposed to allowing her to see me create change in my own life. And then that become the thing that actually makes her want to change with me, you know? And I say change, but I mean more like just just evolve, right? Like just evolve and and be more aware of where we're hurting ourselves and the underlying roots of why that is. Because usually it's a childhood thing, right? It's not something that just happened last week. That's the story we tell ourselves. It's usually something from our childhood. Amongst other ones that are, are quite destructive. Uh, you know, just briefly, you know, uh, when I was when I was put up for adoption, so to speak, uh, I went into foster care, which I found out until my parents uh, came came forward or were were, were told that, that this kid was here and they came and picked me up, so to speak. But in you know, uh, I've learned through this counseling that is the, the crucial part is when you're born and you got that 12 inches, and then from birth to your your mother, and then have that taken immediately and put into someone else's care for a year and then again taken away. Now, these are things I'm looking into as to, you know, seeking validation, uh, wanting to give to others and insecure about who I am. Um, and, and I'm facing that now as an adult. So part of my story is just like, okay, they're all there. I want to help people. 
They're all these. Everyone has issues. Uh, it's just a matter of managing them to be able to either for a job, a relationship, to walk down the street for many, many reasons to manage those so that you can get forward for yourself. Having said that, you know, um, this is, this is what, uh, my purpose of being here and, and talking about it and being helpful to others. Whereas I'm not going to change it. My counselor said, don't change it. You're a great guy, but yeah, careful where you put it. Yeah. So this is kind of part of talking with you and, coming forward and I have to be very careful because I don't want to, I have utmost respect for everyone I've talked about and are talking about, and I don't want to trigger things for them either. Right. I think that's an important part of what we're talking about here. And ultimately every discussion that I have for this podcast too, is that it's really empowering for the person that's coming to share their story, knowing that, by speaking about it and having it be something that's in a public space, right? That you now open yourself up to possibilities and potential criticisms and everything that come with it, right? And there's a massive fear around that for most people that make them never want to do it. Because like you've said a few times, you know, like I know who Michael Graham is at his, at his heart. Like, cause I've seen it, I've experienced it. You've been that person, like you've opened up your place to me and Shard numerous times when we come up to Whistler. And I know the kind of relationship that you have with Sharmila, where you guys have some very, you know, really deep conversations about, about life, like not just surface level stuff, you know? And by you coming here to have that conversation, it just, it just opens up possibility is the way that I see it because you have this, um, this heart to you that wants to give and wants to help people. And if you don't have a platform to be able to say that out loud, then the only people that can feel your impact that you can create are the ones that are closest to you. And therefore it's almost like robbing people of your gifts. You know what I mean? It's not a selfish thing. A lot of people would interpret that, uh, or some people would interpret this as selfish things. Um, by default, you know, I've been in these relationships and it even goes back to former relationships that I ran away from because it's like, oh my God, they can't know this about me or I'm not good enough for them because it seems like they've got their life together better than mine. I don't want to be vulnerable, but that's what relationships are, allowing vulnerabilities to come forward. And through my life uh, and where I am now, the some of these relationships have had substantial age differences uh, of younger. And it's not by it's not that I look for them. It's just that this that's what it's been. Um, so, you know, here I am at my age now dealing with this. So, you know, it's my journey. How would I expect them to come along with the journey where I am? Because they still have their, have their life to live, right? And have these experiences to draw from later to, to overcome their their situations, you know what I mean? Or live their life. You know, I changed from when I was in my 30s to where I am now. And it's a big, uh, there's a lot of things that happen in your life through that. So, you know, it, there was great things we did together. And it wasn't just um, because of, it was just those, those relationships happened. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of perspective that happens as you start to 
get on every five, 10 years type thing where you look back and think about the things that used to stress you out and think like, really? <laughs> like that used to stress well, I'm trying me to out. get online with you today here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great example, right? Like we were running into some tech issues and stuff. And like I was telling you, and, and this, the only way to get through all of these things is to actually go through it and know that on the other side, you don't die. You, you actually become empowered by going through the, the, the pain of, of experiencing everything, right? It's like working out, right? The working out analogy is always the best is that people make a decision of like, I'm going to change. And then they start doing pushups. And the next day they're like, what the hell? Like, where's the six pack? Where's the rip? You know, it's like, it's about the journey and you know what? It's going to hurt on the way too. People want uh, in this society want immediate uh, pleasure, immediate uh, satisfaction, um, you know, as I said, about my birth parents were married about 67 years and my parents were married 50. It's never been an easy journey. And a lot of things are disposable. Oh, they, they upset me today. I'll, you know, I'll find someone that doesn't, doesn't upset me tomorrow. Uh, but you know, if you don't take care of your things, these patterns repeat themselves. It's just a matter of time, you know, and going from one to another, to another relationship doesn't solve the problem. It only just delays it. Unless, you you know, you can look at yourself and take time to look at yourself and, and open vulnerabilities. And some people like that to do that by themselves because they want to present themselves in a manner that has no vulnerabilities and has no weaknesses. In most cases, they're quite plain as day uh, the more you try and hide them. So, you know, um, these are all thoughts that I have and I want to try and continue forward with um, you know, better person for me and for those people that that are in my life. Well, I've found that vulnerability can be somebody's greatest strength if you allow it to. Right? If we, if you frame it as no, it's a sign of weakness, then of course that's the story you're going to tell yourself. And you mentioned something earlier too. I didn't want to um, interrupt you, but the idea of like selfishness. Have you ever heard of uh, uh, Sad Guru? Are you familiar with Sad Guru? I'll send you some info about him and then I'll link it up afterwards in this too. But he's, uh, he's this, uh, East Indian guy. Um, his name's sad guru. So it's just happens to be guru in the name, but he's literally like one of these gurus, you know, and he's very, very well known. Like he's got a massive YouTube channel and he's got this big white beard. He literally looks like the Indian Santa kind of thing. Right. And he's got a crazy infectious laugh and, he was on an interview with uh, Matthew McConaughey, actually, because Matthew McConaughey is doing a podcast now because he he, li- he launched a book last year completely virtually. He didn't do any kind of tours or anything. He just got on the circuit and whatnot. But he was asking him about selfishness versus selflessness, right? And I don't want to butcher exactly what he said, but basically it was to the idea of like selfishness is actually the most selfless thing that we can do. Because when you are selfish about your commitment to your own journey and your identification of who you are and what makes it up and the stories we choose to believe and the challenging of those and how you can constantly become the greatest version of yourself, that's the greatest thing you could ever do to help other people. But it has this position of like, yeah, but you're selfish because it's all about you. So it's a really interesting uh, mind game, you know, like when I first heard that, I was like, huh. That's a really interesting way to put that. Kind of like right? a mentorship, kind of like you do this and, you know, uh, you'll be fine kind of thing. 
And it's the way I think that the story is presented. You know, kind of like uh, it's different, but it's like if uh, like I'm on my journey and my partners are on theirs, and trying to impose my journey on them is selfish on my behalf. Thinking, well, I'm this age, and you should listen to this, but everyone has their approach to their own journeys, and not listening, and not applying to, not really listening to what they're asking for or or indications of where they are, you know, and, and instead of drawing from kind of where they are to where you may have been at that time, or instead of like the wisdom you have, taking apply it in ways that is helpful, you know. And there's reasons that they're with the person as well, you know, whatever whatever their purpose is of that or their connection to that is and trying to get through their journey as well from whatever things that have affected their life. Yeah, we all have those things that we need to look deep inside and some people don't want to go there. And either because they're not ready or they're they're fearful of it or they just don't want to see the re- the truth. Um, I know with Sharmila, like she's she's done the deep work. Like she's dove in herself to along with me. And, you know, there's definitely been times in our 10 years together where I've, you know, sent over a video and said, you should go watch this or like enrolled her into a program. And there was an, a bit of resistance of like, hey, don't project your thing onto me. That's not my journey. That's yours. And I've had to really kind of wrap my head around that too, because I have a tendency to want to fix people and things as well. It's been a really eye-opener for me to, to realize that the more I can just uh, be an example, it's like raising our kids too, right? I can tell them what to do, but if they see me do it, it's going to land 10 times more. And I'm very conscious of that because it only takes one time raising your voice or slamming a door to undo 10 things that we're loving and, you know, getting on their level and breathing with them when they're having panic attacks at the age of three, you know? So, and I feel like it's a constant learning process for me still, right? Like to have to work on myself to be very self-aware you know, like, of those moments. Process of being willing to learn from, uh, from it, you know? Yeah. Um, who knew it was to 54 and this is, you know, it's not, so-called midlife crisis, but obviously you know, it's a bit of a crisis about how to readjust yourself and remain where you're so kind of stuck in your ways. And, uh, you know, in my business, in the hospitality business, I work for, as I said, a great restaurateur, highly respected, and but ran it kind of like small business. And then all of a sudden you're thrust into the corporate part of it where you never had to have those skills. So I was busy enough running the job that I had that they didn't, it wasn't necessary, so why bother? It's uh, too busy and so on and so forth. And these, these skills that I now need, I'm catching up, uh, you know, but my skills are on the floor and, uh, with the customer. So I have to remember that, remind me of that. And just my, you know, just, there's the value behind that, huge value, especially in the hospitality business. So, you know, I tend to push things off due to like panic and, everything of who I am and then uh, stressed out like today with getting online with you and <laughs> you know uh, well, uh, just the, these are the mannerisms I want to change so that my life becomes easier and to be able to categorize them so that the pile isn't huge you know you just take from the top 
then you take the next, and then the next, and all of a sudden there's no pile. You know, I can do that at work, but I need to do that with my own personal self. Yeah, it's a it's a self awareness game, right? And it's um like when I think about what you do, it's a people business, like the ins and outs of of um, the restaurant business and how to run it and financially make it profitable and all that kind of stuff. It all comes down to the people relationship skills, right? And I think that's the thing that I think you're very aware of, but I also think at times too, we look back and you're like, does he really know how exceptionally good he is at that? Like, (laughs) it's just kind of an intuitive skill, right? But this is some of the blessings again, that have come from probably your childhood even, right? Like knowing that you want to just make sure that everybody's good. Like that's always the aura that I get from you when you're running a restaurant is like, Mike's basically, you know, the dad of the restaurant. Like he's there, you good? You good? You good? Let me bring over this dessert. Let me, you know what I mean? It's an experience that you can create. Especially with some of these situations I've been in, it's, it's looked at differently because people don't know who I am. Uh, the perception, uh, you know, in a world that's selfish and people don't understand uh, what you just explained to me about this Mr. Guru. <laughs> Uh, that, you know, it's, it's not really sure. I'm not doing it to really serve myself. I get a connection with people and I care about them. And through my life and through who I am, I've, most of those connections have been strong, have been with um, situations that people think it's an ulterior moment. But, uh, you know, I like to help people. And um, if I can do that in a manner like, opening up myself to you and I guess the world, it's, you know, it's pretty vulnerable to do that. (laughs) It's a step in that direction of like creating the life that you ultimately know you deserve, right? No, but everyone that deserves. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, what their challenges are in life and the patterns that they repeat and don't understand why the things aren't happening the way they, they want them to. You know, you have to step outside of the box and, and have a look at them. And sometimes it's it's too intimidating to, to some. It's feast or famine or sink or swim, right? Yep, absolutely. So this is part of my journey. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we've got this lightning round thing that I do, and it's not intended to have like one word answers or anything, but I'm going to ask you a series of questions here that all kind of have a similar theme. And I'll get you to answer them uh, with whatever comes to mind. So, all right. So this is the the power of one lightning round here. So the first question I got for you is, who is one person slash mentor that has been the most influential in your life all time? Who's the one person that comes to mind? Uh, My father. Why is that? Um, And which father are we talking about? uh, My my uh, my mom and dad. My dad had passed away a couple of years ago. He never knew this. Uh, he was a very um, quiet man. Uh, he was very carnal. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I discovered this later because when he didn't say much, but when he said something, you knew you had to listen, uh, and it would be important. Uh, and he was a great husband. A great example of what someone should be. You know, I, I just, you know, when you're young and you're doing your thing and you don't realize it, and 
until you get to a point where you're vulnerable and you're in a situation uh, drawn off of that. So that's a good one. I love it. And we, I hear that a lot about parents and stuff, but obviously it's, it's uh, extra special, I think for you, knowing that you lost him recently as well on the same line. Who is the one person slash mentor that you believe is the most influential in your life right now at this moment? It could be somebody you're consuming their content. It could be somebody like physically in your life right now. Is there anybody that comes to mind? Not one particular person. Just a group of solid friends in my life that have known me and and just been there. Uh, I can't really nail it down to one. It's just, uh, you know, I always say sometimes you pick up a phone after 20 years of not talking to anyone and your subject is exactly the same as it was 20 years ago. Uh, Not, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you do this? But it's just a group of very close friends and they know who they are. Perfect. Love it. Um, Is there, is there one philanthropic cause that means the most to you and why anything that you donate your time or your money to? I hate to say this, but not at the moment. <laughs> it's more for me, you know. Um, no, it's just uh, I haven't, you know, found a, I, I've found a cause that I know that if I was to donate would actually go to where it should be. I'd rather go on the, you know, a lot of these things and are masked by people making money off of it and not going to those that, that need it. So I've been very skeptical and very um, cautious uh, and not proceeded through that. Maybe it's a pessimistic look at things, but, um, you know, uh, not at the moment. No. I, just so you know, I can totally relate to that. And the reason why I asked that question is that I had it asked to me about four months ago on a podcast. And I went, no, there's nothing. And then I, met, I felt this immediate guilt where I was like, am I selfish? And then... I said out loud to the person, I was like, you know what? I've honestly just been so consumed with trying to work on myself that the idea of like stretching myself to help others just seemed out of reach. And she actually said to me too, she's like, well, you know, $5 can go a long ways in on a consistent basis for a nonprofit if there's something that you're passionate about. And anyways, the only reason I say it is that it just brought up all of these thoughts of like, you know what? Me and Shar said that we were going to give back to the children's hospital. And I like within the next three days, I just set up like a recurring payment and it was only like 25 bucks or something. Right. But it was just this, this conscious awareness. And it kind of, it's interesting related to what we were just talking about, about the idea of like selfishness is like taking care of yourself first. And it's actually the most selfless thing that we can do. Yet there's always a way to frame what we're doing. And do we have something in us to give more and anyways it's always a really interesting reflective question you know but i feel the same way the longest time i was like well i'm not just donate money to some random thing that's just gonna you know i don't know where that money's going right and then therefore i just never even got involved you know i think i give to myself i can give better to others yeah well so there's your answer there (laughs) perfect what is one thing that you're most grateful for right now? My life, you know, um, the people that have been in it, the journey I'm on, and the awareness of wanting to be vulnerable and looking at things that are challenging and and challenge and starting to challenge myself. Whether that's uh, a process that's some days I think is overwhelming, some days is too challenging. Sometimes I run from. 
but just the, the mindset of, and then I can serve better, you know, to those that, that need it. Yeah. Well, we never even talked about this. I forgot, uh, and it just didn't come up yet. But of course, you had the bike accidents like a month ago too. That, like, talk about a perfect storm of craziness going on in your life all at once, right? To like feel this emotional pain, but then the physical pain of like literally like going into your handlebars. And yeah, it's been a tough year. You know, commuting back and forth for a job and staying with someone else and, and not being at your home, and you know, and then on top of that is a in a car accident in January, and that kind of shook me up a bit. And mm, that, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, uh, my car was a write-off, and I came out better than I did in my bike accident for sure. And then just the uncertain, you know, I'm a person who likes, you know, things in the row and just the upheaval of back and forth and back and forth and having COVID and that on there and the, these relationships and, and, and them triggering a lot of things with all these other things happening. It's you know, just hanging on, hanging on, you know. So, you know, just getting out there and listening to these things and trying to not listen to what your mind says in idle moments. That's the big thing. Mm. Convincing. Well, that's a great answer. Grateful to be here. Yeah. <laughs> like literally just grateful to be alive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And for the journey. You know, that's what I'm grateful for. Perfect. What is one thing that you're most curious about right now? Look, what is something that you are maybe feeling like you don't fully understand, but you're willing to go down the path of, of discovery? Me, <laughs> simply, you know, and, and I don't see this in a, in a bad way, but finding out who I am, you know, in due time to be a better me, you know, for other people. And as you said, if you're selfish with being me, you know, I let a lot, I let a lot of boundaries down trying to appease people in my life. And after that happens for a long time, you just kind of, you don't feel good about it, you know? Um, and that's just keeping your boundaries and, and being better for me, being a better me. Uh, and when you're a better you, you're better for others. You know, and some people don't care about that, but, you know, the ones that are important in your life uh, or that are on the same length um, will recognize those things. Yeah, absolutely. Without even having to say it out loud, they'll, they'll know. Um, last question, Mike. What is one thing that scares you right now that you know you need to face with bravery? As I said earlier, I'm not afraid. I just don't know how. What, I'm, uh, what scares me is, is um, figuring out those hows. Uh, um, people, you know, uh, lean on some friends and uh, drive them nuts, I'm sure, sometimes. But um, that's what I'm afraid of. Uh, coming, trying to figure out these things and overcoming things and, and being able to overcome those things. That's what I'm most afraid of. Because I, uh, because I got a lot to offer, you know. You know, and and this is this is a, a platform uh, that I'd like to continue on, and hope you know. Someone asked me the other day, well, "What's your dream job?" And I said, "I got two. I want to be uh, on TED Talk circuit, and hopefully, bring these awarenesses to people that don't think they have them, or just make let them think about it, and also be a photographer for National Geographic, and both <laughs> both those things will uh, enable me to uh, fulfill both my passions or all my three passions: travel, 
people and just serving, you know? Yeah. Well, I love it. That's, uh, and I just want to acknowledge you for, you know, the honesty, the vulnerability of this conversation. And also remind you too, that like, I don't think anybody that's in your circle that you're now tapping into for that support is feeling as though you're a taker. If anything, you've been a giver for so long in your life that you're literally just cashing in the relationship equity that you've built over decades and decades with people. And I've seen it. And I can say that honestly, because I know the relationship that you have with Sharmila and how much she really cares about you and the kind of conversations that I know. Like, I don't know the details of what you guys talk about because I leave her alone. I'm like, go talk to Mike, you know? But, um, you know, that that community that you built is not by accident, right? Like it's there because of all of that selflessness that you've built up over the years and in, in building relationships, like real relationships with people. So I uh, just wanted to acknowledge you for that and Thank for you. having, yeah, having yeah. this chat. Just who I am. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. It is just who you are. And uh, you're learning to love yourself for that as well, which is awesome. So um, how can people connect with you, Mike? What's the best way for people to get in touch? Somebody watches this. They're like, I feel like I need to reach out to this guy. He said something. It resonated with me. What's the best channels to kind of connect with you? You know, they can, uh, uh, as much as some days I don't like it, uh, they can connect me through Facebook uh, or Instagram. You know, I think people get consumed by that. But, you know, I... Uh, I promote my photography through that. And this is not a platform to promote that by all means, but you get an essence of a person through how they present themselves in social media uh, during stages of their life. And um, yeah, I can get into, I can be reached through those, those avenues and um, through maybe more discussions with you that go public um, as well. And um, yeah, part of my journey. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Perfect. Yeah. No, and that's always the start of it, right? Like you've just put out into the space about doing a TED talk and to share your story with the intent on serving and empowering other people to, you know, as we started this whole talk with where one day you will tell your story of how you overcame what you went through and it'll be somebody else's survival guide. And that's, that's the whole purpose of this, right? So, and this is never a one and done kind of deal. So you and I will definitely have another chat because you know, your life's going to evolve. This podcast is going to evolve. And at the end of the day too, and you know, both of our kids, Bodie and Logan, we got photo. We'll link that up too in, in some of the post-production on this. But, um, you know, I want Logan and Bodie watching this years later and going, oh, look, it's Uncle Mike and Daddy. What were they talking about? And be able to be inspired by like the power of vulnerability and authenticity. Because that's that's the underlying real driver for me in all of this. So well, I got to thank uh, yourself and and guys like yourself that are doing this, and it's it's, it's there to help everyone, and it's it's an amazing thing. So I appreciate uh, you having me on, and uh, and look forward to many many more discussions and furthering this kind of life for me and for helping the people through things and or just drawing from it. You know, they are a bunch of rubbish, but look at these guys. But there's those ones that it's going to help. Absolutely. It will resonate. It always does. Yeah. Right place, right time. So amazing, Mike. Thanks so much again for this. Thank you. I look forward to hearing from you. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Trevor Turnbull Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please consider subscribing on my YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast platform and leave me a review. I'd love to hear from you. Now, until next time, remember, today is a beautiful day of opportunity. Trust that you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. So be grateful, be curious, and be brave. 